Welcome to Crass, the so-called comedy podcast, hosted by me, Paul Austin. And me, George Walsh. As always, George, uh, let's start with Paul's Question Time. Paul's Question Time. You don't have to play. Go ahead. Paul's Question Time. Paul's Question Time. Paul's Question Time. Right. Are we are we really going to play the whole thing uh, every time we have this feature? Because it's a quite a long jingle. Do you want me to go and shorten the jingle? It might be. This might be a good idea. That's all I'm saying. I think it it does the feature a disservice if we don't emphasise how grandiose and how important your questions are. All right. I suppose. I mean, it's not like anyone's listening. So I know. <laughs> anyway, you can fast forward it if you've got a problem. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Right, it's time for my question. George, this is a two-part question. Okay. Part one. Do you like bees? Do I like bees? Yeah. Yes. Buzzing things. No, I know what they are. I'm just asking, I'm just double-checking that was the question. <laughs> yeah. Do you like bees? Well I, well, I have a bee tattooed on my wrist, don't I? So I think oh. if I didn't like Hard bees... Man. What was that? I just said hard man. You got a tattoo, haven't you? Forget it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut out the tattoo reference because I hate people who go on about <laughs> no, 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 that's good. No, keep the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> so you do like bees, then? Yes. Great. Part two. Do you like honey? I'm not so bothered about honey, really. Oh, right. I was sort of, uh, to be honest, George. I was hoping you didn't like bees. Why? So then I could say. Oh, oh, you, oh, oh, you like honey, but you don't like bees. No, I'm the other but, um, way around. I like bees, but oh, well, I'm not. Don't worry, I've got a ba- it's all right. I've got, a, I've got, a, I've already, it's all right, George. Don't worry about it. I've got a backup question. Okay. Uh, would you drink a really nice beer out of Nick Ferrari's anus for six <laughs> billion pounds? <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> no amount of money would persuade me that that would be a good idea. Oh, well, fine. That's all right. That's your favourite. That's it. Paul's question time. The end of the feature. Do, 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 Don't play the jingle do, again. Do, do, do. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to do the whole f- jingle again. <laughs> no, that's good. 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 We're on the right track then. Right, so at this point in the show, uh, we like to do uh, emails. Yes. Don't we sort of some emails we've had? And we've had one, George. We've had one email. Really? One. That's one email. One, one email. email. Dear Paul and George. I've just listened to an episode of your podcast and I began to wonder where and how did you boys first meet? I'd love to know for my novel. Thanks a bunch, Mike. So, it, I got me thinking, I think maybe we should tell the listeners how we first met. Uh, and to kind of, to tell that story, I've uh, dove into my autobiography because I've actually got a chapter based around how we met, George. Brilliant. Uh, Yeah, so I'll read that out now. Paul Austin, Life Lessons from an Expert. Chapter 102, Meeting George, My Best Friend. 
Just take a drink, have a drink before I start. This is quite a long one. The summer of 2012 was a crazy, hazy time of my life. I'd finished sixth form and university life was a mere week away. I knew in my heart that this would be the last summer holiday I would spend with my family and though I was really happy about this, there was a part of me that would miss these crazy, hazy days. As it turned out, I would spend a further five summer holidays with my family, all of which were terrible. For more details, see chapter 120, how I got my tattoo. Chapter 131, bloody shit. Chapter 139, my dad nearly died when he fell down a cliff. Chapter 145, my dad nearly died of a brick up his ass. <laughs> and, chapter, and chapter 158, Kent. In 2012, my mother and my two sisters, Janice and Beverly, went to Pontins in Camber Sands. The facilities were marvellous. There was a corner shop that sold over five different kinds of food, a swimming pool complex with a water slide, which was later closed after seven kids were killed in the double loop, and every chalet had at least two beds. It was the absolute business. The holiday itself was fine. We went to the Sands where they filmed an episode of Doctor Who once. It was just loads of sand and it was really, really boring. We visited Camber Castle, which was really old-looking. We took a trip to Hastings, and I feel it is my duty to advise you, dear reader, never, ever go there. When I went, I got hassled by a load of tourists who thought I was an Elton John impersonator. <laughs> I kept repeating, fuck off, I'm not an Elton John impersonator, I'm Paul Austin, but they wouldn't listen. Can I take a photo of you with my kids? Oh, do Crocodile Rock! You're not even that good. You look more like Miriam Margulies. <laughs> what was Lady Diana like? That last person must have assumed I was Elton John, the fucking idiot moron. Basically, it was your bog standard holiday. On the final night of our stay, myself and my family went to the Pontins Entertainment Bar, a huge gaudy room in the main building. It was a truly terrible bar that claimed to serve quality food and drink. The food was a choice of a Rustler's burger and chips or a Rustler's barbecue rib and chips. They made their own cocktail, the Pontin Sunrise, Stella and Water with a twist of lime. <laughs> there, was, there was also a stage around which the blue coats would endlessly prance and sing shitty karaoke covers of step songs. Just having a drink. Not on that night. That night, the blue coats were kept away from the stage, as the dance troupe diversity were due to rock our fucking socks off. I myself was extremely excited by the idea of getting to see diversity in person, as I was thoroughly impressed by their performance on Britain's Got Talent a few years previous, and had become quite fond of the guys, especially the little one with the afro. I was evidently not the only one. A huge crowd was gathered in the entertainment bar that night, and they buzzed with excitement. It was a truly fantastic atmosphere, only slightly marred by one woman who stared at me, turned to her husband, and crowed at the top of her lungs, Look, Clive, it's that Elton John cunt! <laughs> the only person who wasn't interested was Croc, the Pontins mascot, who I had seen standing at the bar with two pitchers of tequila. He was evidently enjoying his night off. Then the house music, a Best of Bonnie Tyler CD, faded down, the lights dimmed and a chorus of shushes echoed across the room before everyone fell silent. You could feel every single eye in the house turn towards the stage and the big red curtain which bore the cartoon image of Croc. The curtain juddered. At once, the whole crowd held their breaths. The curtain parted. Out stepped a blue coat. The crowd collectively groaned. One person shouted, fuck. The blue coat stammered before saying meekly, 
Sorry, everyone, but um, Diversity are unable to perform tonight due to a union dispute. You could practically taste the disappointment in the air. Several more people shouted fuck now. Someone from Middlesbrough attempted to throw a broken bottle at the blue coat, but they were so completely out of their mind on cheap gin that the bottle hit their own six-month-old child instead. Thankfully, the child was hit by the intact mouth and neck of the bottle and merely suffered light bruising around the eyes. The blue coat looked ready to leg it, but she stammered again. Instead, everybody, please welcome your favourite reptile, Croc! Now she legged it, and Croc stumbled out to replace her. He clung to the curtain, obviously suffering from the double pitches of tequila I'd seen him drink. The crowd weren't happy. They jeered and teased at first, and then their drunken ribbing turned into genuinely hateful, often homophobic screaming. They wanted blood. I sank down in my chair and tried my very hardest to look inconspicuous. I imagined that this crowd weren't exactly keen on Elton John. The blue coat inside Croc's furry suit shouted back at first. Alas, his voice was muffled by the costume and it was impossible to make out what he was saying. But what he did next made a greater statement than his words ever could. A young boy had wandered over to the stage, arms outstretched, desperate to cuddle his fluffy green icon. Croc bent over and spewed thick black sick all over the young boy's head. At the sight of this, the crowd stopped booing and yelling and fell silent. The tar-like sick continued to flow all over the boy. He didn't move. He seemed frozen to the floor. Someone at the back of the room started clapping. Someone in the middle joined in. Then someone at the front. People got to their feet and whooped and cheered until the whole room shook with rapturous applause. It was at this point we left. The week after, I officially enrolled at Manchester Metropolitan University and attended an introductory lecture in which I met George Walsh, my best friend. Thus concludes this chapter of my autobiography. Thank you. <laughs> it's a good story, isn't it, George? What, the story of how we met? Yeah, that's the story of how we met. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> what, I re what do I remember the first week, or do I remember the whole? Do you remember us meeting? Yeah. Lynn's thing. What do you? I just want to know what you what your takeaway is from our meeting. I. I I'm Sorry, not, I put you a bit on the spot there, haven't you I? Did yeah. I haven't thought this through. <laughs> anyway, now it's time for me to tell you. What I've been watching this week. Telling me what you've been watching this week. You tell them you saw it on the, um, the telly. <laughs> I love that, Jim. It's great. So, George, what have you been watching on the telly this week? So, as alluded to last time, I said that I've oh. been following the, the sort of Channel 4 re reality show, Seven Year Switch. Yeah. And, uh, the world, the world has been waiting for you to update us on what's been happening. Well, it was the final, of course, last week. Oh. And uh, yeah, I've made a few notes. It's not quite as polished as last time, but I've made a few notes. Yeah. Because last time I had to give context. This time the context's already been given. Um, so oh, do yeah, you remember exactly. all the tiptoeing around we did about the couples therapist? Who looks like sort of Emmerdale's <laughs> yeah, answer vaguely, to David yeah. Beckham? Yeah, I do vaguely remember. Doctor yeah. Beckham's, as I as I called him. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. do you know, what? he's not even a real doctor. 
I looked it up. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> All the tiptoeing I did. And he's not even a real doctor anyway. Not even a real doctor. So this, this well, begs the question, her. why is he on the show? I'm not a real doctor. <laughs> I gave you um, a half-assed advice when you were having trouble with Damson last year. Am That's I now true. a couples therapist? Because that seems to be the criteria I mean, you could that be, he's I guess. fulfilling. You know what I mean? Put he's... that down on your CV. Apply for a Channel 4 reality TV show. Fine. Sorted. So... Last time, we sort of... The time on the... In in the villas had ended, and they at the end of the episode, they went back to their original partners. Yeah. And this one was sort of seeing what happened next when they went back to Britain to carry on. It was kind of half clip show and half showing you what's happened since. Do you know when they sort of vaguely tease Great. it and it's the same five seconds of material that you've seen? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They do it on Come Die With Me as well. Yeah. yeah. It was like that. It's Channel 4, isn't it? It's crap. Yeah, but fucking shite. I've made some notes. We've got here Mr. Manchild. Brilliant. Do you remember him? <laughs> yes, I remember him. Mr. Manchild has learned to cook. <gasps> Brilliant! If you count a baked potato <laughs> on a bed of beans as cooking. <laughs> Which I don't. <laughs> on a bed of beans? Yeah. That's no good. You want the beans on top of your exactly. shit. Rubbish. Elementary schoolboy error that this man's made, which is fine because he's Mr. Manchild. But, yeah, you put the beans <laughs> yeah. on top of the baked potato, not the other way around. What a, what a numpty. Idiot. What a cooking noob. Idiot. And then uh, Mr. Misogynist is on morphine. <laughs> he's on morphine, did you just yeah. say? I mean... I could go into detail, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Because I wasn't interested okay. enough at the time. <laughs> but yeah, he was on morphine. And uh, he's reverted back to being a twat. Um, it's another note I've oh, made. Oh, good. Uh, Mrs. Glamour <laughs> is trying to make things work with him, but even oh, she admits that she doesn't me. like him anymore. <laughs> well, this show sounds fucking tragic. <laughs> it sounds like a depressing watch. Well, it doesn't sound fun yeah, at all. It wasn't. It wasn't as fun as I'd hoped it would be, as I as I alluded to last time. <laughs> I was hoping it'd be much more explosive and yeah. sort of sexy, but it it's just all wasn't. just a bit it was sad. Bleak. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the <laughs> dullards because, like I said, there were two other couples that I wasn't Brilliant. interested in. Oh, yes. Uh, Mr. Coco Pops. Do you remember why he's got that nickname? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Well, yeah, that was, that was vile. He and his fiance seem to be getting along much better than since the show started. Oh well, that's good. You know, that's that's all right then. So they they seem to be doing all right. And uh, the Grumpy Brilliant. Blandfords. Do you remember those? Uh, no, I don't actually. Just, I, I can't remember most things. It, it was just the other couple that's boring. I don't think right. I called them the Grumpy Blandfords last week. Oh well, that's what they're now called. Keeping me uh, on my toes. They're still grumpy and bland. But yeah. things seem to be working out a bit better than uh, oh, at the good. start of the program. So I have here the results. I'm only oh. making you wait a minute for these, whereas on the show oh, it was an hour sake. before this was all revealed. So okay. well, explain the result. Explain the results again. What what form do the results take? So six weeks after getting back from these villas where they were all switched, they yeah. uh, then meet up with Doctor Beckham's. And um, his sort of Thunderbirds puppet assistant that he's got. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they tell them, that the couples tell 
Beckham and, and the other one, whether or not they're going to stay together or break up, whether or not the experiment's oh. worked, basically. Okay. So, here are the results. The Grumpy Blandfords... Oh, I can't wait, George. It's exciting, isn't it? It is. The Grumpy Blandfords, still together. Yeah, brilliant. Thoughts, Mr. yeah, great. Yeah. Mr. Top Coco banana. Pops and his fiance. <laughs> Still together. Yep. Still together. Here we go. The experiment's been a success so far. Mr. Manchild and Mrs. Pushy But Sympathetic. <laughs> what do you reckon? Well, he can cook. Well, he says he can cook. So, uh, do you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to be optimistic and say that they're staying together. Not only were they still together, <laughs> but he actually proposed to her as well. I thought they were all supposed to be married already. Hey! And and they got fucking married according to the end of the show. Ah, brilliant. However, I I looked <laughs> right. it up on Twitter, and they've taken the express train to Splitsville. <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh sh- so have I, did I correctly guess or not? No. You, you, well, the show no. portrayed it as if they were still together, but. Since the show aren't. finished taping, oh, they split up. So I thought oh, I was. That was really. I thought that. I thought there was still hope for me. You know, that was giving me hope. That you know, I might meet another person. I might. I might meet another Damson. Well, but no, apparently not. Love is dead. Well, two couples are still together, but they're just boring people. So yeah, they're boring. I don't care about them. So, but finally, <laughs> we have Mister Misogynist, yeah. nineteen fifty-eight, and uh, Mrs. Glamour. Here we go. Right, okay. Volatile so, relationship that morphine has now been sort of stirred into. Mm. So what do you reckon? Well, you said you did say you actually, you said that they no that his wife no longer loved him. Yeah. And but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to split up. She might, you know, she might feel guilty if she leaves him. I'm not. I'm going to remain. No, fuck it. I'm not going to be optimistic. Splitsville. Yeah. Also on the express train to Splitsville, but at least they admitted it on the show. Well, that's good. So, yeah, that was Seven Year Switch, six hour-long episodes that have brought me closer to the grave over the past six weeks. Um, What a waste of fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's me telling you what I've been watching this week, Paul. Depressed now. What what have you been watching? Yeah, I watched uh, Harry Hill's Alien Fun Capsule. Oh, right. uh, panel show hosted by the uh, slaphead comedy sex god. <laughs> slightly, mi- slightly mixed up, <laughs> slightly mixed up a uh, couple of people there. But um, yeah, yeah, it's very good. I would recommend. Oh, I would, I would recommend it. But uh, in this first episode that I watched, you can very distinctly hear George fucking laughing in the audience. Completely ruined it for me. Sorry. Sorry about that. It's fine. We were gonna, listeners. We were gonna go to that. We were gonna go to that together. Yeah. Uh, we were gonna record a crass on tour episode, but uh, I, I was very ill, so we couldn't, and I couldn't go to the recording either. Yeah. But I went. It's very so de- that was all right <laughs> for me. It's very depressing. Uh, telling me what you've been watching this week. Yes. To yeah. This week, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. so. Anyway, next bit. Telling me what you've been watching this week. You tell them you saw it on the, um, the telly. So, 
Paul. I don't so, George, know. anything else happened? Anything else happened in the life that you want to talk about? Was that was that on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> what, what was what on purpose? <laughs> I, I said so, Paul, and just ready to sort of go into it. And then you, so, George, have you come up with anything? <laughs> it was slightly on purpose, you, but yeah, I didn't. Right. I didn't mean to interrupt right. you. I just wanted no, to start no, no, with right. like me being really right. loud and obnoxious. Right, do it again, and you do it, and I'll reply. All right. So, George, anything else happening this week? Anything else you want to talk about on the podcast? We've got anything else? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Great. Shoot, um, go for it. Do you remember last year on the podcast? I did a bit about no. Radio 2 jingles. Uh, no, I do remember that bit, yeah. So I, I did... Um, I, I talked about Chris Evans' breakfast show jingle. I talked about yep. uh, Ken Bruce, you know, so on and so forth. But the other day, I had, yep. I had Radio 2 on. Um, you know, Cockney Rebel had just finished. <laughs> Obviously. And Jeremy Vine, um, you know, Tim Vine's funnier, <laughs> younger brother... Uh, <laughs> He, he his show is very yeah. weird. Have you ever heard his show? Uh, no, I choose not to because I'm not insane. That's fair enough. I mean, it's 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 sort of part debate show, part yeah, uh, well-being, and part music. Yeah, and it's often very part points of view. Yeah, part points of view. I mean, he segued yeah. from a, a like he segued from a feature on domestic violence into Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer once. <laughs> oh, Jesus so, Christ! So tonally, it's all over the show. Oh dear. Anyway, it it's was just man. on in the background, and I heard yeah. what, what I think is the most ridiculous jingle I've ever heard, and Brilliant. I'm including the ones I've made for Crass. Holy! So including the Crass Channel Ferry yeah, one as well. Yeah. The feature is about what makes us human. Okay. okay. Thoughtful. This is, I swear, okay. 100% real. Tom, thank you so much. I am not an animal! Man needs <laughs> irrational morality. I love you with all my heart and soul. The way in which we see the world is a human perspective. I want to die. Let that be justice for all. If only I could die. All I am and The increased flow of air through the lungs. Deep in the folds of the fallopian tube. I never loved you, Walter, not you or anybody else. Jesus is what the entire human race really longs to see. I Yes, it is time for What Makes Us Human. We're about to meet the amazing professor, Peter Pion. Oh, my Christ. Into Jolene there by uh, Donnie. <laughs> what the fuck? I couldn't believe what I was hearing. So, Paul. The use of the elephant man quote is insane. <laughs> Oh man! What do you That's make of that? That's a good jingle, though. That is a good jingle. <laughs> that is like something you'd make for this show. <laughs> Just like that. It's too long. It's it's over dramatic. <laughs> Jesus, that's ridiculous. Oh God, Almighty! Brilliant, mate. Right, Joe. I want you to make something like that for our oh, show. I don't know where hell. you can put it. I haven't got years. <laughs> 
to spare to make something quite like that. That's like taking it to a whole new level. You can segue from Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech to, like, I don't know, a bit of Tina Turner or something. <laughs> It'd be great. Oh, oh, man. But, yeah. So that was the thing that really amused me in the last week. But the thing that really yeah. annoyed me was uh, the New Yorker caption contest right. that they have in the bank. Right. Okay. Every week they have a cartoon without a caption. And yeah. readers are invited to submit their own. Yeah. And... Uh, I I don't enter it very often because I'm not very witty. You know that That's, funny. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, but the thing is, you don't have to be funny to make it as a finalist in the New Yorker <laughs> cartoon caption contest. So I, I thought I've that. got a, you know I've got as good a chance as anybody. Yeah. Now, um, I want to describe the cartoon. This is a thing that's pro- problematic with a, an audio podcast. Is that I'm now going to try and describe. The cartoon. Stick it on. We'll stick it on the Twitter or something. I don't know. If you, if you can remember at Crass something at the Crass podcast. Who cares? So That's the it, cartoon yeah. was of a a New York subway platform mm-hmm. with a couple standing on it. Oh, I'm it's like I'm there. <laughs> so, and uh, <laughs> a giant uh, submarine sandwich on the tracks. Do you know a submarine right, sandwich? Okay. You know what I mean by yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Love, yeah, I've lived on the planet. I know what a submarine sandwich is. Now, the the subway cars in New York, most of them are um, given a letter. So, like, the D train, right. the A train, and so on. Yeah. So, like, here we have, in London, we have the Northern Line and all of that. Yeah, yeah. In, Ameri- in New York, on the subway, it's A, B, C, D. Yeah. And then there's the, a few numbers as well. Anyway... My caption, okay. it was two things. people standing on a platform, and remember the format usually is that it's a, a quote from one of the people depicted in the cartoon. That's usually how yeah, the caption okay. works. So what's one person yeah. saying to the other? So my caption was, one of them says to the other, I'm telling you, you take the BLT to the port authority, then transfer to the A train. <laughs> that, that's kind of New Yorker magazine humour. There, I know yeah. it's not funny, but that's what it is. That's what the captions are like, and it's a it's a joke. It's a big sandwich. One person's not convinced yeah. that they're supposed to get on the sandwich, and the other one's saying, "No, you take the BLT to, you know." That was the joke. Yeah, it's good. It's, right? it's clever. It's clever. It doesn't have to be funny. Do you want to know what won it? <laughs> yes. Again, one person says this to the other person. Okay. We can take this and transfer to the BLT at Forty Second Street. <laughs> That was a fake laugh. Um, Yeah, it's kind of like yours, but the wording's a bit... It's it's kind of yours, but with slightly clumsier wording. It's mine, but worse. Yeah, I can see. I guess I can... (laughs) Because the implication with my cartoon is that there is one of the train lines in New York is based on sandwiches, right? And the implication of this person's cartoon is that all of the subway lines in New York are based on sandwiches. (laughs) Because they're saying, we'll take this one and transfer to the BLT. And I'm saying, you no, you take the BLT. The, the sandwich train that's there, that's the BLT. Because it makes sense. Whereas this... 
<laughs> Craig yeah, yeah, Troyer in Denver, Colorado, who won. <laughs> named and shamed. Yeah, named and shamed. I'm not saying he's ripped me off badly, but... <laughs> but you are saying he's ripped you off a little bit. I'm saying he's done my joke, but worse. That's what he's done. Oh, dear. Well, you know, you've made it public now, the joke. Well, you know, you've had, you've yeah, had your but, bit of fame yeah, now. No one's going to believe me now, are they? They're going to they're gonna look at that and go, oh, you're just jealous because he won, because Craig won. Craig. Good on you, not Craig. Even, well done, even, mate. I'm not even jealous of anyone called Craig. Keep on keeping on. Well done, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, yeah, what do you think? What do you think? Are you, on, you with me here or are you with Craig? Um... I th- to be honest, I think both of your jokes were. I think both of your jokes were pretty shit. Well, they are, but they're sort of New Yorker magazine funny. You know right. what I mean? They're sort of right. Uh, it's that time again. Uh, our brand new feature. Well, kind of brand new. We did it last week. Uh, the Crass Channel. Very. <laughs> It's not actually called the Crash Channel Ferry. It's about it's about TV. Look, it's not. Look, when you it told make me to make, when you told me to make the jingle, you didn't make that clear. It's fine. We can keep the jingle, but we don't have to keep adding the ferry bit. That's not the name of the feature. Right. Fine. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway, so as always, we agreed our uh, theme or whatever. What would you call it, George? Uh, topic the, theme. The, I would say the premise. The premise. The there we go. That's the a premise good, that's a of the show of this week, it. because of course all of the controversy surrounding uh, Ant McPartland yes. and his drink driving um, means that poor old Declan Donnelly is on his own. So yeah. the challenge this time was to create a vehicle for Declan Donnelly, a new show. We're giving him. We're doing a bit of a service for him, really. Yeah. Let's not let the drunken mad behaviour of Ant McPartland ruin the career of Declan Donnelly. That's what we're doing. We're trying to, you know, come up with ways in which he can continue, reinvent himself, perhaps. Exactly. And he can have these these for free. Yeah. I mean, well, not for free. He's probably going to have to... I mean, he owes something. No, I'm going to charge if he wants to do my idea. Yeah, obviously. But, you know, that's fine. He's he's got a lot of money. Right, so, um, as usual, George, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Brilliant. So, when I came up with my idea, I sort of became very aware of my approach to the Crash Channel yeah. ferry, um, which is to use puns as a starting point and build a sort of concept for a show around that. Is that what you did with um, Now You're Tolkien? Now You're Tolkien. Yeah, Now You're Tolkien. Yeah. So, um, with deck, of course, deck is very it's a very versatile word. Definitely. So some of the ideas I've I've got that were rejected, I'll just briefly run through. Okay, some of them. can't wait. We had deck of cards, where yeah. Declan Donnelly works as a croupier in a casino. <laughs> yeah. There was cassette deck, where Declan Donnelly works <laughs> in a record shop in the eighties. Brilliant. There was cassette observation deck. deck <laughs> yep. Where Declan Donnelly either a tries his hand as an observational stand-up comedian. <laughs> yeah. Or b. Works at the top of Blackpool Tower. Don't know what else happens, but... Okay, it's, yeah. <laughs> okay I like both of those yeah. concepts. And um, the the final idea I had that was rejected was deck chairs, 
where Declan Donnelly <laughs> runs a furniture factory. <laughs> Good. I mean, those could those would have all been winning uh, entries. I well, think. Like, like I said, yeah, I think all of those titles slash ideas uh, yeah, have potential. That... And uh, honestly, if ITV are interested in developing any of those as shows, get in touch. For a bit of cash. I'll, I'll do it. Obviously. Yeah, let's talk. But <laughs> my thinking really here is that Deck needs to reinvent himself as a campy yes. uh, sitcom character actor in the same way that John Inman did. Do you yes. know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So, with that in mind, I present you with. I've always, I've always, I've always, hang on, I've always, I've always thought that Declan Donaghy was the new John Inman. <laughs> I've always, I'm I've glad always thought you it. agree. You agree with me, right? <laughs> so, with that in mind, I present to you all hands on deck. <laughs> right. Oh my god! You ready for this? Good title. Yeah, I'm it's ready. A good title. Declan Donnelly stars in a nautical-themed sitcom in the style of Up Pompeii. <laughs> <laughs> he plays the part of Rear Admiral Declan Donnelly on board the HMS Blowfish. Paddy McGuinness plays Petty Officer Roger Goodbonk, a Jack the Lad who goes on the pull whenever they get shore leave. Oh, God. And David Walliams guest stars as Admiral Dick Seaspray, an officious, if not incompetent, superior. Oh, I see brilliant. you like it already. I'm, I'm sold already. I love how you're being served. There are lots of jokes about seamen, and most of the action Naturally. takes place on the deck of the HMS Blowfish. It's an anachronistic <laughs> depiction of the Navy, but it's not a period piece. <laughs> So it's basically... Do you remember um, Morecambe and Wise when all the newsreaders dressed up as sailors? Uh, I've, I've told you before, I've never actually seen any Morecambe and Wise. Oh, yeah, it's one of my uh, comedy weaknesses. Well, right, yeah, fine, whatever. Anyway, they all dressed up as sort of sailors from the 30s. Right. Even though it was I in the mid-80s yeah. or mid-70s. So it's like yeah. that, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just sort of oldie-worldy uh, view of sailors, basically, in the Navy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, brilliant. You know, Deck's character... This is the next development. Deck's character is also trying to woo Vice Admiral Sally Cumming, played by Sheridan Smith. <laughs> yeah, naturally. Because it's ITV, so it's got to have Sheridan Smith in it. Uh, definitely, and, yeah. And, of yeah. course, the character of Deck one day dreams of being a big TV star. Nod and a wink to the audience. <laughs> of course, of course! That's inspired! <laughs> <laughs> so, some of the storylines... I've come yeah. up with storylines. Brilliant. Include Admiral Dick Seaspray offering Deck a promotion, <laughs> only to withdraw it later because of some hijinks. <laughs> nice bit of detail <laughs> yeah. yeah. Petty Officer Goodbonk gets the clap and then has to see the ship's oh, doctor. Hell. <laughs> oh, God. Deck tries to ask Vice Admiral Cumming for a date, but then chickens out at the last minute. <laughs> that's kind of like a recurring joke that happens in nearly yeah, every Yeah, like a kind of... It reminds me a bit of, um, you know, uh, Not Going Out, Lee Max, Cheeky Lee Max sitcom. How, yeah. like, every episode he tries to ask out that, that woman who's, like, a lot younger than him from The Office. Yeah, she's, she's his wife now in the show. Yeah, she, I caught her Not Going Out last night by accident. And right. they're married of course, with kids obviously now. by accident. 
Right. What's the point then? What's the point? I know, there's no no point. Um, and finally, <laughs> Admiral Dick Sitcom. Let's talk about the better sitcom. Yeah, all hands on deck. Uh, <laughs> Admiral Seaspray faces a court martial yeah. for shagging Ooh. an able seaman. Fnar, fnar. <laughs> right? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> the show is to air on ITV Wednesday nights between the double bill of Emmerdale, and it's to be written <laughs> yeah. by myself and uh, Darren Lytton, the guy who writes Benador. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And it's a bit like Eyes Down, which was the forgotten Paul O'Grady bingo sitcom. Do you remember that? <laughs> I have no memory of that whatsoever. No one remembers it. <laughs> so, yeah, all hands on deck. Great. What Brilliant. That is a good job. That is a, that is a good pitch. <laughs> Thank you very much. And if they, if they want to make it, I'll do it. I will co-write a Declan Donnelly Seaman-based sitcom with the bloke who writes Benadorm if they offer me Brilliant. enough money. I have to. I have to reveal now, uh, listeners. Uh, George has been waiting to tell me this all week. <laughs> yeah, I can. Once yeah, we decided on deck, the day, the, the day we decided on deck, he was already saying, "I've, I've got it. I've got it already. I can't wait to tell you." <laughs> when, when such inspiration just strikes, it's mm. a wonderful feeling. Exactly. It really is. <laughs> right. So, I understand, though, that you took a little bit longer to, ar- I did. to come to your idea to arrive I did. In fact, there. I mean, I only, I only managed to... I only, I only wrote mine down yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> wow. OK. <laughs> but I think I'm pleased with it. It's, it's, it. it's very different to yours. Yeah. Um, in, I know in the week that I was told you I was thinking of casting Deck in a sort of Scandi drama, like The Bridge mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And I'd given it a tentative title... Uh, I'm going to really badly mispronounce this. Ailhanda till deck. Okay. Which roughly translates to all hands on deck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind dear. Of, kind of glad I didn't go with that one in the end. Are you fishing for the sort of rights to do a Scandi remake of my show already? <laughs> I mean, I could, but I did, I, have to, I did abandon that idea because I couldn't think of anything that would happen. <laughs> so I shelved it. I shelved that idea. So that sort of led me to uh, look at Deck's strengths. Mm. So I looked at things he's already done uh, and then things he might like to return to. Yeah. Uh, and then it kind of hit me. Biker Grove, The Return. <laughs> so inspired, kind of much like uh, Twin Peaks, The Return. You know how much I like, how much I like that. Yeah. Um, we go back to Biker Grove to catch up on the old faces of the Geordie Youth Club. Uh, but we're not for kids anymore. The show will have... It'll, it'll have grown up with its audience, so it features sex, violence, drugs, and nudity from the waist upwards. I'm kind of aiming for a 9pm time slot, yeah. so I don't want to alienate too many people with fannies and cocks. Um, the show kicks off with Duncan, Deck, obviously, uh, returning from Canada as the new owner of the long-abandoned Biker Grove Youth Club, yeah. which is now home to hundreds of crack-addicted squatters. Mm. He has also returned for the funeral of his blind mate, PJ, who fell down a well. Uh, he would have been in the series, obviously, and would have been played by Ant but... if he wasn't an alky now. <laughs> <laughs> at, the funeral, at the funeral, he catches up with Nicola, as played by Jill Halfpenny her from EastEnders, mm. and they end up sleeping together. She reveals that most of the biker residents are members of an insane cult, and now live in a shanty town just outside the city, a bit like Jonestown. 
Duncan also meets Ben, as played by Andrew Hayden Smith, who has he has four acting credits: Biker Grove in 1999, <laughs> Doctor Who in 2006, Banana and Tofu, that Rusty Davis drama in 2015, yeah. and now he's just in Hollyoaks. Mm. His career is a fucking ghost town, and yet he's he's actually been in some kind of high-profile stuff. Why? He's really bad. He's so bad at acting. Why does he keep getting cast? He's awful. I, I don't anyway, know. I don't even know who he is. He'd be in the... Well, you know, obviously you're not as big a Bike Grove fan as me. No. But, uh, yeah, so Duncan, he kind of he meets Ben, because he, he was a member of the original cast. It would feel wrong not to bring him back. Uh, he was a regular at Bike Grove after Duncan and PJ left for Canada. Uh, Duncan, Ben... Uh, so, Duncan, Ben and Spuggy, which was actually the name of a character from Biker Grove, uh, resolve to bring the Biker Grove Youth Club into the 21st century and return the town to its former glory. So, yeah, that's my pitch. Biker Grove, the return. Lots of kind of slightly weird antics going on, uh, but mixed in with the kind of teen uh, angst that the original Biker Grove had. And uh, so so it's called, it's not called Ilhandaran Deck anymore. It's Biker Grove. No, 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 it's called Biker the Grove, return. the return. Okay. So, and it's like Twin Peaks, but with Biker Grove. It's like Twin Peaks, but Biker Grove. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're kind of similar, I think. They are similar in a lot of ways. They've got characters in it. It's named after a place. It's sort of the same. When I was researching this, George, because I had to try and do a bit of research to find out some sort of information about Biker Grove. Well, like Spuggy's uh, name. I came across the Biker Grove wiki. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which is the worst, which is the worst, I will say it's the worst wiki on the internet. Yeah. There's no information, it's absolutely, it's, it's, there's nothing there. There's a few characters, uh, it's terrible. Mm. But there's a, there's a show, there's a page for the actual show itself, for the actual, for Biker Grove, within the Biker Grove wiki. Yeah. And this is the, I'm going to read to you the only bit, the only thing written on that page. Biker Grove Youth Club refers to the children's youth club which the show is centred around. Join a PJ, who is now a cartoon person, who plays the DJ in the series. And as a DJ, he travels a lot with Poppy Manning from Parents Are Aliens, as she is his sister in the cartoon series. That's on the Biker Grove wiki! That should be being edited by, like, fans! I know, yeah. That's written by someone who's never heard of Biker Grove! I know, yeah, that's... It's insane! <laughs> Don't ever go there. No. <laughs> anyway, shall we wrap things up there, Paul? Yeah, well, that was the end of Crass Channel Ferry. You can uh, email your own thoughts in. You don't, don't, we won't read them. It's not really worth bothering. We're not going to read them. No. no. So, yeah, and that's, yeah, that's the end of the podcast. We're so professional, aren't we, with this? <laughs> well, OK, fine, we'll do a proper wrap-up. Well, that's all we've got time for this week on the Crass Podcast. You can yeah. follow me on Twitter, at George Walsh. And me, uh, at Bumbledoon, that's Bumble, D-O-O-N. And you can follow the official Crass Twitter account, at The Crass Podcast. You can email us at crasspodcast at gmail.com. And you can listen and subscribe to us via iTunes and Podbean. Brilliant. All that remains, Crastronauts, is for me, George Walsh, to say goodbye. Stop. What? What What did you just call them? Crastronauts. You didn't... We didn't discuss that name I did. before. Right, well, okay, fine. I won't say it again. Good. I was trying to... You, look, we said let's try and wrap it up professionally, and that's, you know, what I was trying to do. 
You wrapped it up like an idiot. You don't, you don't like, like it. You, you don't like it, it. You don't like it. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. See you, listeners. Bye. Radio 2 asks the question, what makes us human? Think about how often don't we say, it's only human nature, or sure, I'm only human. In general, we mean that we're not perfect, that we make mistakes, that we're not behaving as rationally as we sometimes believe. It's really remarkable what we've achieved as a human species. We've never been healthier, and science has made life so much easier. Yet, at the same time, we are destroying our planet, as well as our fellow human beings through war, discrimination and poverty.